Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. This is episode 131. My name is Kieran Lefebvre and I am joined by my coach, my mentor, my friend, Adam Charles. Yeah, pushing it, pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Kieran? Uh, associate. Associate, um, acquaintance. Is acquaintance, probably more right. Better fitted, yeah, yeah. Especially after the, I mean, I think I've run out of digits on my hands to count the amount of bad news you gave me this morning. I gave you a lot of bad news. I know, um, it's 9.30 in the morning here. Unfortunately, this may be a teaser because we, I, I, we cannot release this bad news yet, but it will come out. You'll, you'll be very aware of this, this news. Uh, it might be good news for you. Wait, which one, which bad news are we looking for? Fucking any of them, bro. <laughs> any of them, but uh, um, yeah. So it's not confirmed, but it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I can at least mention why I'm upset. The one you spoke to me while we were getting coffee. No. Not not the reason why, but that. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can. Yes. So um, for, like, yeah. So people, what is the bad news? I'll give yeah. you the one that I'm upset about the most selfishly <laughs> like I said to Kieran well on your list of priorities pretty low but it was really high on my list of priorities so yeah. I'm furious it was uh, pretty high on mine so episode 129 we yes. had the Matt and George the organizers of subversion on the podcast which is you know one of Australia's premium or really the main sort of super fight yeah I'd say uh, the number one in organization yeah. I mean they got one coming up, it's March 18th, and, you know, the headliners are Jeremy Skinner and Ash Williams, both of, like, Jeremy being the Oceania Trials winner mm-hmm. for ADCC, Ash Williams being the UK winner. Mm-hmm. You know, they're headlining it. So, okay, it's not who's who's number one, but by Australia's standards, yeah. it's good. It streams on Flow Grappling and everything. Anyway, we had them on the the – the podcast, and if you didn't listen to it, there was a bit of conversation about them not having uh, a second commentator. They have this guy, Sonny Brown. He also has a podcast, Sonny Brown Breakdown, uh, and he's the main commentator for Subversion. Anyway, that was just generic conversation. And then that podcast led to them reaching out to me afterwards and being like, hey, Adam would would like to invite you to be the second commentator. Good call. And I was was like, yeah, cool, awesome. I've never been a commentator before and – you know, I at least know what half guard is, so I think I'll do an okay. <laughs> I think I'll do an okay job. Just standard uh, old half guard. Yeah. All these fancy half yeah. guards these days. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa! Just uh, octopus knee guard. shield. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so I'm going to be one of the commentators, which is is quite funny. I'm already getting a lot of uh, just from my friends being like, "You're selling out," because now you know I've yeah. ripped on flow grappling a lot, and now subversion streams on flow grappling. So, so. now you are employed by. Flow well, <laughs> not really. Not really, but no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Also, do I, you have to be getting paid for it to be employed? <laughs> because by that definition, I am not employed. Uh, by but Flo I will grappling. say, you have slowly but surely over time become everything that you hate. I have. What was the other thing I became that I? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, so yeah. Okay. So well, we're well, jumping around a bit. Let's yeah, we're jumping the story around. We'll circle back. So anyway, so I'm going to be commentating, which I'm actually quite excited for. Um, yeah, international listeners, if you want to watch it. If you want to yeah. look at me fail at commentating. Oh, you're going to be uh, fucking awesome, man. Trying to remember the, all the weird Japanese names for leg entanglements and that. Yeah. Which is quite funny because even sometimes when I teach well-known positions, mm. me coming from learning every, – not everything I learned, but, you know, like my the vast majority of my career happening in, in Brazil, there wasn't um, 
cutting arm bar, shotgun arm bar, belly down arm bar. Like like the shotgun arm bar one. Yeah, because like, I was the like, fuck's what the that? Because <laughs> the arsehole. Yeah, because they were they were all just called arm lock. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah and yeah. even knee bar, toe hold. You know, they were all just called leg lock. You know, oh, that was yeah. all very sort of generic terms for everything. So mm. even like. Uh, you know, some of them, the more obvious ones had names like your scissor sweep, you know, mm. it was just translated to Portuguese, scissor sweep, right? Mm. But a lot of them were just, you didn't have names. So even generic positions, let alone all the Japanese words that people now say. Shinigoshi, yeah. Shigurami. And it was like, yeah. well, wasn't that called sing- wasn't that called single leg X for years? Yeah. Wasn't that called an arm triangle for years? Why yeah. are we now t- <laughs> put <laughs> adding all these words? But hey, in. you know them. Some well, I know them. I just don't necessarily know the Japanese name for them, so I have to brush up on that a little bit. Mm. But I'm actually a bit excited because, for me, there's no, um, there's kind of no pressure. I mean, I'm mm. not going into it thinking, "Oh, this is my chance. I'm looking for a career change to become a commentator." Right. Blah blah blah. I'm like, well, I mean, my only interaction really with Matt and George, the organizers of Subversion, is from when I fought on Subversion and having them on the podcast. That's mm. it. My interaction with them. So, and the the biggest chunk of that time was on the podcast. So I'm just going to be like I am on the podcast. I think you're like, fine, yeah. Like I'll be watching it and I'm going to be like, oh, bro, I would have never tapped to that <laughs> or whatever. And look, yeah. if people like me, cool, maybe they ask me back. If people don't like me, then hey, it's an but, experience and it's just something I've done once. So I feel no sort of pressure about the whole thing. And I've met Sonny, the other commentator, multiple yeah. times. So I met him once at Craig Jones Seminar. Yeah, so yeah. I, I mean, I even fought him once. The first time I met oh. him, I fought him. It was quite a funny story, actually. So when Sonny and I fought, um, uh, he was my first match. I mean, in Australia, these local competitions, there's not usually many black belts. So it was me, Sonny, and this other guy, James. So only the three of us in the division. So I had Sonny first, and um, and yeah, however it played out, took him down. Like was taking his back and decided to go for a calf slicer, mm. stupidly. And oh. um, and I tore my own LCL, like my Is knee. Is this who that – oh, because you <laughs> truck rolled him. Yeah, I truck you rolled truck him rolled and went for a and calf went for the slicer. calf slicer. Had the calf slicer, but if my opinion has since changed on calf slices to them being essentially Russian roulette, like the dumb submission, and I know that Craig Jones feels the same about this. He addressed it in the seminar we yeah, went to. Yeah, he did. Talking about how they're just a stupid submission because it's kind of just a game of whose ligaments are stronger – Right. And evidently not mine. Yeah. And uh, so my knee popped massively and which turned it was, I think it was a grade two LCL. Like I was out for a couple of months. Did you stop there and then or did you finish the fight? No. So I let go of the calf slicer because my knee exploded. Yeah. And then, um, and then I can't remember. I think I took his back and bow and arrow or something like that. I can't remember, but submitted him. So at least you finished it. Yeah, like well, a not true a, warrior. Yeah, well, not only did I finish it, I then did the next fight against the other guy. Jesus. And I was like, originally, I, what did I, I can't remember, but whatever my original game plan was, I was like, well, I can't really do that because my yeah. knees sore or whatever it was. And I took his back like instantly. And then the second I put my hook in, I was like, oh, no, that ain't happening because of my knee. Yeah. And to, anyway, so it took me, I ended up submitting him as well, but it, it took me a while because I kind of only You're had one leg. And then, so <laughs> when we were like at the podium waiting for our medals, because again, it was only the three of us, so yeah. we all default got medals anyway. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Sonny and he's like, bro, uh, and the first time I met him, right? and he goes, um, he's like, in our match, he's like, 
did you hear a really loud pop? And I go, yeah, bro, that was my knee. And he's like, oh, thank God, I thought it was mine. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and I'm like, nah, dude, my dude, knee. What a legend. I was like, my knee exploded. He's like, and he's standing there with his wife as, or girlfriend or whatever. And he, and he was he was like, oh, man, I was so worried that I like blew out my knee and I didn't feel it. And I was oh, like, man. nah, you're good, bro. <laughs> that was me. That is so uh, funny. And, so yeah, I've legend. met him a couple of times since. He's yeah. a, you know, when I fought on Subversion, he was the commentator and, yeah. Yeah, and at the seminar that you met him as well. Yeah. So, anyway, so it'll be Sonny and I. This is a long – we haven't even gotten to the bad news yet. So right. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran thought he dodged that. So when this came about, Kieran was like if, – if for anyone who didn't listen to the episode, Subversion previously you could kind of – if it was an interesting enough matchup, you could make the card. Whereas, But as, as they've grown, they've kind of had to put a line somewhere. Yeah. And they've gone, oh, okay, so from now – you know, to be invited on, you have to be purple belt and above is kind of where they put the line. Lower than that will blue belt. Essentially, they don't put white belt matches on it. But blue, for, for blue belts, you've got to win the qualifiers, which happened the week beforehand. And if you make it to essentially the final of the qualifiers, that then takes place on the main card, mm-hmm. you know, or on the prelims of the actual event. So once I got invited to be the commentator, because of the podcast, essentially, Kieran was like, oh, man, well, like I'll, uh, he's like, I've got to go win the qualifiers now. I've got to make it onto the card. Yeah. So like we're both essentially gone from having the subversion guys on the podcast to both of us being on the card in little air quotes, like yeah, you fighting, me commentating, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, hell yeah, man. And anyway, so we're working towards the qualifiers, which take place on March 11th. We've been working at it. Yeah. Like, we've been like, we've got a strategy, a game plan. I've been fixing the holes in my game, which to be funny, like to be fair, sorry, the last – what three or four weeks? I even did that comp recently. I don't. Yeah, you did we didn't the even comp. Talk about the comp of the podcast yet? I don't think. I. We may have. Well, we answered it in the Q and A where oh, someone we did. someone yeah, asked the greatest like, moment. Uh, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Sorry. Kieran got triple gold, right? Yeah. Only not quad gold because he got stuck in traffic and miss, missed his first division. Yeah, but, so yeah. The th- he was signed up for all four. Yeah. Gi weight and open weight. Yep. No gi weight and, and open weight, but missed his gi weight division. But one. Gi absolute, no gi weight division, and no gi absolute. Yeah. So I even did that in preparation for it. We we looked at that. I'm I'm fixing holes in my game. I've even like got a new skill set um, that I haven't really explored. That I think is almost more effective than my previous passing style. I think it's going to be more effective because well, now like, now you can throw it out the window, Kieran. Because this morning he was like, "Oh man, something came up, and I can't. I'm not available on." Uh, you know, March 11th yeah. or, the, or the 18th. I'm, I'm, well, actually, he's available March the 11th, but not March the 18th, yeah. which is the actual day. So I can't. And part of doing the qualifiers is you have to be available. Yeah. Like you can't just do the qualifiers to win it and then not do the actual event. Because right? then I just destroy the opportunity for everyone else that's Yeah, there, you, you know, know it'd I mean? be a bit of a dog move. Yeah, so anyway, this morning Kieran's like, oh, I'm not available for it. And I was yeah. like. I can say that- why. I, the reason I'm not available is I'm going to be out of the country. Yeah. And that's and all I can say right now. And I was like, well, fucking, what do I have to do to get you on a no-flight list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a thing. Hey, um, I saw this meme of this this dude who broke up with his girlfriend in the air on a plane. Oh, yeah, I've seen some of those and I'm like, why? Exactly. Like, mate, well, why I don't would know. you do that? You know, actually, I can tell you why. I think of a very logical reason why. The same reason that people, like, break up with people um, – like at a restaurant or something. So they, they c- make a scene? Well, yeah, because the logic is if I do it in a public place, they won't make a scene. 
you know, rather than if you break up with them at home. And well, you he know, obviously like, didn't know his bloody yeah. ex girlfriend, mate, because <laughs> this this bitch made a scene. <laughs> it was crazy. Like she is screaming and hollering, and like at least I think that's what happened. If it's not, I'll feel bad. If it's something else dramatic happening in her life, I'll feel bad. But now she's automatically on no flies it list. Oh, really? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If you create a scene like that in 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 the air, and they have to like try and restrain you, yeah, you get banned from that airline, and then all the associate airlines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know if they have a universal, you know, blacklist, but they might. It's pretty crazy. You got any uh, domestic flights planned between now <laughs> and that we uh, could <laughs> cause a scene on? Uh, you can uh, slip something in my luggage, yeah, like yeah. A, a loaded handgun or something. <laughs> How did that get in there? <laughs> and you have your hands on it. Yeah, I mean, you could rig it, but I mean, by the time I get on the plane, I would have missed too a late. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's too late. Too late. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was the the bad news we can share. Um, 12, 12 minute, 13 minute shit talking before we got into the episode. Fucking so awesome. that's uh, back to our back to our old ways. Yeah. I mean, that's what people. But I will, I do have to say, I, just to drag this out a little bit longer, but people probably Ooh, enjoy We're going it. for 15, all right. <laughs> <laughs> New record. Now, our personal record is like 30 minutes in and we scrapped the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that long ago either. No, uh, <laughs> no it was great. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So over time, since you started this podcast, you had some very strong stances on some prominent jiu-jitsu people. However, I'll explain. However, over time, slowly but, slowly but surely, you have turned into a replica of those who you hate. You have become I, the monster that you hate. No. And I will explain why. Let me no, explain no. why. No. Hey, firstly, 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 <laughs> he is a... He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, like, how dare, how dare you <laughs> say that, like... Strong senses on jujitsu. I don't consider this person a jujitsu person. Oh, just because, get out of here. just because someone has Lies. a black belt doesn't. I am like, a jujitsu person. If you have a black belt, you are a jujitsu person. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, yeah. no, 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 no. Bro, I can boil an egg, and I'm not a chef. All right, like fuck. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> wait, I mean, it's harder to get a black belt than boil an egg. All these white belts, like, wait, hang, what? <laughs> I can do that. Oh, um, my God. No, I, for me, I quali- – like if I were to say where's the line as someone to say this person is a jiu-jitsu person. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I'm saying is jiu-jitsu their career? Like I mean, okay. like that's, that's what I mean. I would like, argue you know, it is. Like you could be a chef or a cook or to stay with that sort of analogy. You could be a, a chef or a cook or whatever, but like if you just cook recreationally, mm-hmm. like – I mean, you're not, it's not your career. You're not working in a kitchen, whatever, like, you know. But are you a food person? Yes. Ah, got him. We got him. So the person we're talking about is Joe Rogan. Not he's only- come a long way since COVID. <laughs> he's Don't backpedal this, you bastard. <laughs> since the world has gone into a less controversial stance on mm-hmm. some very – Controversial topics. Life-saving topics uh, and, you know, okay. do's and don'ts <laughs> about, you know. How, let me explain how, though. We, we need to fill the audience in because you and I both know, but the audience is, is confused and, and probably mad. So in the early days of this podcast, Adam had a very strong negative stance toward our Lord and Savior, Joe Rogan. I mean, I still do. He's you still, still kind of do. He's still However, I will point out that over time, in the evolution of this podcast, 
you have become more and more similar to Joe Rogan no. by the day. You have. <laughs> yeah. And this is how. It all started with a message that we received on our Instagram from an individual that somehow stumbled Tell upon. me to read the actual message. I can read we it. We can, but let me, let me, okay, let me build on. it up. Okay. Somehow this individual stumbled upon this podcast with no prior jiu-jitsu experience and due to the direct result of loving this podcast has decided to start training jiu-jitsu. Exactly how thousands upon thousands of others in the jiu-jitsu community have started through listening to our Lord and Savior, Joe Rogan. Stop saying Lord and Savior. You have now become <laughs> the Joe Rogan that you hate. And further to that, you are now a commentator oh, on no. fight sports. So not only are you both commentators, you're both influencing people through your podcast to start jiu-jitsu. You are Joe Rogan. You are Joe Rogan. Is this a bad time to tell you I'm about to start taking TRT? <laughs> <laughs> and, watch, and watch this spinning back kick. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if you start bow hunting as well. You are a Joe Rogan uh, clone. Shit. Yeah, we got um, – yeah. I mean, all jokes aside, this was a really cool message. I mean, we got this message from this, uh, this guy, Zach, and he just wrote, don't even know how this came about, but I've been listening to you guys for the last three weeks. I didn't even train prior, so no clue how this started. Had my trial class Friday, tons of fun, signed up that day. So cheers, guys. That is awesome. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, and I mean, I would argue it's even more awesome than Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan started with um, – you know, him talking to his mates and it was, I mean, his platform oh, was, yeah, was off yeah, yeah, yeah. comedy slash MMA, like yep. very well known for commentating UFC. So yep. if you clicked on a Joe Rogan podcast mm. in the early days anyway, at least, you it was some connection to combat sports. But nowadays, I mean, if we're talking, this message from Zach was only a week ago. Yeah. So if you were to click on a Joe Rogan podcast episode today, you – you might not – I'm sure that – I mean, he has so many listeners and followers, downloads. There would be thousands of people that click on a Joe Rogan podcast or listen to him and wouldn't even know that he's a UFC commentator. That's there true. would be people who click on it, don't even know he he's does jiu-jitsu as a comedian, whatever, because yeah. they would click on it because he's got fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson on there yeah. or he's got Kanye whoever. West. Kanye West, whoever, yeah. right? Yeah. But our podcast is called the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Like, how yeah. did you even get on to listening to it? Like, I mean, you know. I don't know. I don't know. That is a good question. That is so, an I mean, awesome origin I mean, story. That is just how I'm going to – like, I'm nothing like Joe Rogan. He's not even on yeah. my – he's not even operating like on him. my I don't level, know. bro. Let, let, let's get on my level, Joe. You, you, you're both black belts, right? Yes. You both have a podcast. We both think we're funny, but not. <laughs> <laughs> you're both funny. <laughs> See, that, that backfired because that was funny. Yep, you're both funny and you're both commentators. Well, I mean, I'm, this March 18th. I could get the boot before then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Only you could get fired between yeah. now and March 18th. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think that you have slowly but surely become the one that you hate. So if you if you hate on Joe Rogan, you're hating on yourself. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to end it that. I'm going to end it with that. Is you can no longer talk shit about Joe Rogan in my presence because you're just talking shit about yourself. You're like, and I don't want to see you do that to yourself. Bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you deserve more than that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's dump on some other people then. <laughs> um, uh, sounds good. Almost. Um, if if we if we eat that out ten more minutes, the whole episode could have been a write off. But I, I was think- I was thinking that we're leading in that direction. If we had another topic to carry us to thirty, that 
Yeah, that, episodes of Ryder. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What would it be labeled like? You know, the bad news rent. rent it could be. You know that, I was thinking about that in my head, like because I'm constantly editing and like thinking of tags and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, there was other bad news, but now I've forgotten about it. I'm devastated with the Joe Rogan comparison. Well, that's a, it's an accurate let's comparison. Um, all right, so let's talk about the topic of the day: ecological teaching. Mm. I hear you. What is it? I hear you going, huh? Huh? What? Planting trees and stuff? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fuck the environment. Someone just deleted <laughs> this fucking episode. Yeah, so um, let's talk about ecological training now that we're 20 minutes in, or teaching rather. It is something that has gained a little bit of traction, if you will, and I think maybe uh, you might be able to just describe it better, but I'm just going to read the not. actual definition of ecological training. Mm. Um, it's essentially a philosophy of uh, training. I keep saying training, ecological teaching. It's essentially a, a thought of teaching that is used opposed to opposed to teaching regimented, like very strict um, sequences or steps, or in this case applied to jujitsu techniques. It's it's where things are taught through a more immersive environment. So the teachings are presented in how they actually appear in the real world, mm. right? So for sports, this is essentially akin to teaching through games and how things actually appear in a role and how they actually happen in live sparring mm. in real matches rather than just repping techniques. Right. This is the approach to, to ecological teaching. There's a guy called Rob Gray, an author, who has uh, written a book that is called um, "The How We Learn to Move." And Rob Gray is like a PhD in whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> something, something, something. But I'll just read you the synopsis of the book so people know because Rob Gray. This is where it's coming from. This is where it's coming from, mm -hmm. and. Uh, because he's taken this approach to sports mm -hmm. and there's in the jiu-jitsu community, there's people who have essentially read Rob Gray's book more or less and been like, oh, let's do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it says, um, what is the new revolutionary way people are becoming skillful? How is sports practice and coaching becoming more creative and fun, giving athletes the opportunity to explore and support their own individuality and creativity? Why is it time we move away from the idea that we learn through boring repetition of a skill in an ungame-like practice environment, running through tires, hitting off tees and dribbling through cones? A look at the exciting alternative approach to how we learn to move and its implications for practice, design, coaching, keeping kids engaged in sports, injury prevention, developing training technology using analytics and more. So sounds reading like a snooze fest. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also had to say reading that sounds all well and good. It sounds boring. Um, no, I'm kidding. However, um, we're here to dump on that a little bit. So you are. You don't know my stance. Well, fuck you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Go boil an egg. Yeah, yeah fuck. Right, get a black belt. Uh, um, so let me let me start off by saying, in my opinion, ecological teaching, however you want to label it, is something we already do in jujitsu, and it's just a fancy way of explaining specific training. 
right, is exactly what what we do. Yeah, I but agree. there's some there's some jujitsu teachers, instructors who have taken this like really firm stance that is just flat out. They just they literally say the words, "I don't teach any techniques." In my in my gym, I have in my class, heard these words. Yep. Yeah, I don't teach any techniques. I just take an ecological teaching approach, and we teach through games and stuff like that. And it's absolute fucking dog shit, bro. Like, it's just I'm straight up saying it is it is ridiculous to do it in isolation. You're saying to do it in isolation. Just to clarify, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, no, sorry. So, ecological teaching mm-hmm. is fine. Yep. But like, we're just renaming something. It's just imagine if I if I said to you I don't teach any techniques in my class in my gym ever. Mm. We never do any techniques. We just do exclusively specific training. I'm going to Gracie Bar. <laughs> right. That I mean that's essentially what these people are saying. I yeah. don't teach techniques. I just teach this ecological teaching. And and it's all through games and positions and yeah. And. There's nothing wrong with that in conjunction with regular teaching. Like I said, it's specific training. We already do it. Most gyms have been doing it for years. I feel like these people who are taking a strong stance on it, uh, more marketing people just trying to, interesting, you know, reinvent the wheel and, you know, thinking that they've developed something that, that, you know, that they found some new way to do something yes. that is unique and better. Like yep. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Like one of the things that all these people say is they say, well, when we, when I show someone a technique, they, they then just try to copy the way I do it and they, it's never how it actually happens in a role. So if we teach through these games, I'll give you an example of a game. So they won't teach a half guard pass. They'll say, they'll go, you're going to start in half guard. And they, the don't, high- so they don't even name the positions. So they say, you're going to start in this, but yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Maybe they don't even name the positions. I'm not sure, but yeah. they go, for argument's sake, so everyone knows what we're talking about. They'll start in half guard and they'll go, the game is you need to get your knee out and either get it to the mat on this side of their hips, essentially the mount side. Yep. So you would end up in like, like a smash, like a leg. Drag, no, no, no. So you'd end up in like a three, in quarter, three quarter mount, mount yep. or your knee to this side of the mat where you'd end up in a knee cut ish yep. position. Right. And like, and the idea is that, oh, through games like this, they're they're learning like the fundamental mechanics and the concepts of how it works. Oh, I don't teach triangle chokes. I teach, you know, the mechanics of how the choke works. So then when the buggy choke came along, all my students instantly knew how it worked and blah, 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 because it's just a double strangulation, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, bro, you're making it sound like you're the first dude who's thought about teaching their students like the concepts and mechanics of positions and techniques. It's Mm. fucking ridiculous, bro. I've seen students who I have given the most simple instruction, like do this step one, step two, step three, that's fucking it. And they can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So you think that putting them in an environment where they can figure it out on their own. Yeah. Like for there are lots of positives to this approach like I said, I do ecological teaching in my gym. It's specific training, right? So, again, I'm not dumping on ecological teaching. I'm dumping on only doing ecological teaching. And these people who are trying to, like, yeah, reinvent the wheel and just their marketing people just trying yeah. to, like, as if they thought of something that we're not already doing. 
you know. It's like throwing the baby out with the bath. Oh, I've never heard Karen use that one before. <laughs> <laughs> I give Sharon Kip give Karen shit for using that expression like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you if we're arguing traditional teaching, which includes ecological teaching, mm-hmm. if we're arguing for like if if the argument like these people who are currently doing the rounds promoting it, mm. if we're arguing against traditional teaching, which again includes ecological teaching, if we're arguing ecological, uh, sorry, traditional teaching versus only doing it, that's the current argument, there's way more cons to just doing ecological yeah. teaching than pros. Because you're excluding. You're excluding like 80% of the yeah. other ways that you can teach. Whereas jiu-jitsu. if you do traditional, equo-traditional teaching that includes concepts of ecological practice, then you're getting the best of both worlds. That's right. And, um, you know, obviously this is not an open discussion as in our listeners live can be sending back you know, I would love to sit with someone and have them say like, yeah, but what about this? And because for every positive you've got for ecological mm-hmm. as a sole teaching method, I can give you like 10 negatives, right? Well, how does John Danaher teach? Because internationally he's recognized as one of the best coaches. How does he teach? He teaches with very specific, clear instructions. They then drill those techniques. Then they do positional sparring. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I mean, if John Danaher was doing solely ecological teaching, you'd have to you'd have you'd to have take to you'd have it. to take pause because you'd yes. be like, well, something's going on here. Yes. This guy has it's not a fluke. It's not like he's just had one competent athlete come out. Like exactly. I mean, you'd take pause and go, well, he was GSP's coach, Gordon Ryan, you know, the original squad. Yeah, you know, like all these guys who are now B team yeah. or whatever, yeah. like, you know, you'd have to stop and go, oh, fucking something's going on yep. here. But, um, yeah, like if you – this idea of making – like trimming back all the fat and making it easier mm. or simpler, I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Like jujitsu is incredibly complicated and – I mean, let's throw a fucking analogy in there, bro. Like, for example, if when you're looking at the elite level, right, the tiniest details make a big difference. Yep. Okay. The same reason that if, you know, at the not elite level, if you got in your car and I got in my car and we went for a race around a racetrack, even though smoke your you car's bro. like faster than mine, like it would probably be negligible. It would just be like- I'd smoke you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at, you know, Formula One, yeah. I mean, a one hundredth of a second makes a difference. Yep. A, a part on the car being five grams lighter or heavier yep. makes a difference yep. because at the elite level, the tiniest minute detail makes a difference. So- trying to like strip it back and make everything simpler and take away all these minute details, it's, it's kind of neglecting the fact that we currently stand where we do in jiu-jitsu because we're standing on the shoulders of these giants who exactly. have developed all these exactly. complicated details and techniques. Yep. Like the counters, the counters, the counters, and then a new wave of, of movements comes out and then a counter comes out and then things go in and out of fashion based on the trends. And, yeah. yeah. So 
let me, before we just continue to dump on it, let's just dial it back and go, well, what, what are some of the positives to this approach of teaching? So, I mean, it's a great tool to teach like brand new beginners mm-hmm. to some degree. I mean, you don't necessarily want to throw a brand new beginner into not live rolling, but even specific rolling because, mm-hmm. you know, they, without some level of understanding, they can easily hurt themselves yeah. or hurt someone else. But, you know, it's a great way to teach beginners who can't grasp really complicated, minute details of, you know, of Lucas Lepre's knee cut yeah. and all the little things that are going on that yeah. make Lucas Lepre's knee cut work against other world champion black belts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work just because Lepre has some crazy fundamental understanding of the concepts and mechanics of a knee cut. Yeah, he has that and then a million minute details built on top of it, mm-hmm. right? The, the fundamental mechanics and concepts of understanding a position aren't enough right? Uh, And yeah, so it's a great way to teach people who aren't yet ready to grasp that information. It is also why it is the exact fucking way a kid's jujitsu class is taught Mm -hmm. because kids can't follow steps. Well, they, you know, they can, but as a whole, I mean, for example, this is how I teach, um, this is how I teach a double leg to kids. So simple. And I'm talking kids we start from four years old, right? This is how we teach a double leg to kids. We go, okay, you stand in front of them. Three steps. Down onto your knees, hug their knees, push them over. So simple. They can't, like a lot of kids can't do it. Like they just, they they can't remember those steps, you know, like they hug and then, you know, they, as they push, they let go. So the person just steps back, like they go on their knees, but they're still two meters away from the kid in front of them. Like, you know, so it's why, so then, okay, how can I teach a kid who can't follow these steps? Well, we play games, right? We have a game of, of, that we play called Hunter. It's a kid's game we play Mm. where it's essentially like playing tips or tag. And how it works, and anyone listening who runs kids' classes, and if you haven't heard of this game, they freaking love this they, game. They the, love the it. The kids right? go batshit. Whenever, because I was helping uh, teach some kids' classes, whenever Aaron would say Hunter, the kids would just explode. Yeah, they love it, right? Yeah. And you might have already played this game in your in your gym. If any instructors are listening, it might just be called something else. If you haven't heard of this game, great little game for the kids, which is it's essentially like tag. You have one person in the middle, the hunter. And the hunter's only allowed to move around on their hands and knees, right? And what they have to do is catch the other kids, but unlike tips or tag where you just have to tag them, you have to tackle them and make them fall over, essentially doing a double leg, mm-hmm. right? And then if that person falls over, they're not out, they then become a hunter, mm-hmm. right? So as the game progresses, you go from one hunter to two to three and then everyone else running around are the survivors, right? Mm-hmm. And so you teach them through a game how, how to do a double leg, right? Um, You know, we teach arm drags essentially to kids with a game where they each have a peg on the back of their shirt or the back of their gi. And the idea is you've got to get behind the person to steal the peg. So, like, we do this to kids. Why? Because kids can't grasp complicated steps and techniques and whatever, right? Um, And, but adults can, okay? Of course, a week one white belt can't grasp a fucking you know, bearing bowler and whatever, but you but know what I mean. you're not going to get them to like, play Hunter. No, that's right as well, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, and 
but you do still sometimes do games in adults class. Yep. Think about the wrestling game that yep. I don't know what wrestlers call it, but we just call it like leg tag, yep. right? That wrestling game where you're essentially just trying to tag each other's legs. And if you get tagged, you've got to do a burpee, right? Like you're learning grip fighting and, you know, being able to penetrate the legs and whatever, but in a safer <laughs> environment, penetrate. <laughs> penetrate right? <laughs> uh, so even then there's some level of games, right? Ecological teaching is done. It's called specific training, right? Yeah. But your whole entire teaching to think that all these techniques are going to organically manifest I think with these minute details. To play counter argument, top, to play devil's advocate, what they would say is yes, they set up these games, but then they give like direction. So essentially they're teaching technique within it, but they're not calling it technique. Yes, agreed. They say something like, you know, they don't teach a triangle. They teach the mechanics of double strangulation or whatever that's called. John Danaher uses this term as yep. well, right? Um, and then they'll give a target of like, okay, your objective is to get to a position where you've got one leg over their shoulder, the <laughs> other leg under their armpit, and your and your feet crossed, you know, and your ankle locked behind your knee or something. So they won't get to a fucking triangle. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and and yep. then they'll understand the mechanic. Yeah, or I could just teach you one of multiple steps of how to get there. Yep. Or you know, I've said this before. Why are guys like the Rotolo brothers so good, so young when they have a decade less mat time than you know thirty year old current? Like I don't mean old people, not old, but you know, like I don't mean like. You know, oh, why are the Rotolo brothers beating, you know, Shanji Hibero or whoever? It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, well, they're yeah. at the end of their career or whatever. So yeah. you got a 19-year-old versus a 40-year-old that makes a difference. Yeah. But, you know, why are they beating 28, 29, 30 or guys in their young 30s who are still yeah. in their yeah, physical prime? prime. Yeah. Well, it's, these guys have a fundamental understanding of like the concepts and mechanics of positions, which sounds like I'm advocating for this approach, but it's the details on top of that. Mm-hmm. And so these guys doing these YouTube rounds or whatever preaching this, man, you haven't invented teaching concepts in the, the mechanics to students. Like, in, fuck, like stop just trying to sell something that we all, all already do. This reminds me of someone, th- these type of people that they read one self-help book and then that book becomes their personality for like the next three months until they read the next one. Yeah, and then that right. book becomes yeah, yeah. their personality. I'm not saying that's the case. But what I'm saying is that obviously Robert Gray has put together an amazing, well-researched, scientifically backed uh, conceptual way of learning and has put that in an awesome book, right? People have got their hands on it and some people are really drinking from the Kool-Aid. They think that this is the be-all, end-all of everything. And like you're pointing out, they're using it as a marketing tool to be the flagship or the flag bearer, if you will, for the ecological approach in jiu-jitsu. It's like I'm going to bring this to jiu-jitsu and I'm going to run my entire school with this approach. Uh, but what we're, what we're counter-arguing is that that is throwing out, like, like you pointed out, standing on the shoulder of giants. Yeah. We've, we've developed decades or hundreds of years of, or 100 years of, of BJJ why would you why would you throw that out for the the latest trend? Why not adopt that trend into your training? And shit, fifty percent of your rolling can be or your your tra- your drilling or whatever could be the ecological approach, and you're still getting all the benefit from it. Yeah, like uh, you know, I just think, like you said, like all all these details or the all the work that these other people have done for us to get where we are today, there is. No way 
there is no way that an ecological teaching approach is going to get someone like organically manifesting a Mikey Musumeshi bolo crab ride techniques. There's no way. Oh, but how did Mikey get to figuring it out? Well, like firstly, he's like he's like one in a million. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's pretty much a savant. But it's also because he was he was taught a whole bunch of technical knowledge to, you know, to get to all these, you know. Yeah. Or jiu-jitsu is just way too dynamic and complicated for such a vague approach, Yeah. right? And it's very – if you listen to some of these guys talk about it, they're very articulate and very intelligent, yes. but they really just kind of sound like a used car salesman. They're very confident and they kind of – Have the buzzwords. Yeah, have the yep. buzzwords. and Or it sounds like talking to a politician. You ask mm. a question, they never really answer it, but somehow like – answer it. yeah. Yeah, satisfies your question in the sense that you don't have a follow-up question or a rebuttal, confused. but they never – act. yeah, you're yeah. more confused than when you went in. Or when you speak to an actual jiu-jitsu intellectual like Keenan Cornelius or Mikey mm-hmm. Musumeshi or John Danaher and you mm-hmm. understand the – depth of understanding they have mm. like about you know like very difficult to fault someone like very easy to pull someone up on their lack of technical knowledge but very difficult to pull someone up on their lack of understanding of a concept so it's very safe to hide behind like this conceptual teaching and whatever yeah. because to be able to teach the minute details, you have to understand the mechanics and the fundamentals of, you know, the conceptual workings of a position or a technique. And there's a big difference. And this is something that I've only, and we, we spoke about this yesterday off air. There's a big difference between being able to do a technique in a live role or even in a competition and understanding it to the level where you can explain why certain things are done in the technique. Yeah. And I, I've always, always used the parallel between, you know, um, you know, just learning jujitsu and being good at it just because you've done it and, and language. So I, I always say for me, I've always had the goal of with my jujitsu being the opposite to my, my language is in mm-hmm. English. So, uh, you know, I'm fluent in English because I grew up in an English speaking country. But if you ask me, why is this sentence structured this way? why is this word spelt this way? Why does the verb go here and the pronoun here, blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, I don't fucking know. It just does, mm. right? Because I've just natively grown up speaking it. Yep. But I want my jiu-jitsu to be like, no, the sentence is structured like this because this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I taught English for a little bit while I lived in Brazil because it's very easy work for a foreigner to get. And I did have to restudy a whole bunch of English that I've since forgotten. But I mean, the owners of the school who were Brazilian their English was better than mine, like in terms of grammatically and understanding. They could explain it better, the right? Actual language, yep. like way better, way better than mine. Because they learned it as that's you know, right, you know. And I've always wanted my jujitsu to be like that. You know, I've I have always a, wanted to understand the grammar of jujitsu. I have a really good example of where this played out recently. This happened yesterday. I'm not going to name any names or throw anyone under the bus or anything. No, Chad. <laughs> no, it wasn't Chad. It wasn't Chad. It was another blue belt. And um, so the day prior, so. so Today we're recording this on a Wednesday. On Monday night, we learned a technique in gi. On Tuesday, I was doing some no gi rolls with the person that was at both classes and they're trying that technique, but in no gi. And after the roll, they're like, why wasn't this working? It was frustrating me. 
But because I spent the time Monday night picking your brain and fully understanding not only the details of the position, exactly why certain grips are important, but also a conceptual knowledge of the mechanics of the pass. It was a guard pass, the mechanics of the guard pass and why each grip is doing what and why they are important. I could quickly identify and tell this person why it doesn't work in no gear just by, by yeah. saying, Hey, you were unable to control the bottom shoulder. The leg weave pass is not going to work like this in no gear because I'm posturing out, which I did. Yeah, Therefore yeah, yeah. you cannot pass that way. And they're like, Oh, okay. So that is a, is an example on not only in one way, you'd be like, oh, I don't know why it didn't work. Uh, it must, must be just a gear thing and not really know any more than that. And because I explained it, it seems simple. But if you don't have that knowledge, it wouldn't be simple. Yeah, and, and I – don't get me wrong. I understand the argument and to some degree I'm for the argument of, you know, oh, well, if I just give you the answer, you'll never learn, right? That's also part of the backbone of what this – teaching style is built on which yeah. is that if people figure it out themselves they learn better and, that, and they learn that, the why yeah, yeah and it's ingrained and it's mm-hmm. like it's like yes i get that but it's also there's other factors to consider one just the the complexity of jujitsu mm-hmm. right that it's um you know you can have positions that i can i don't know let's say like uh yeah mikey musameshi would need to ask Gordon Ryan, why, why are you doing this? Like you have like one of the biggest intellectuals in the sport. There would mm. still be stuff. Jiu-Jitsu is way too complicated. No one knows everything, right? Mm. So there's still positions that the current best dudes in the world would ask someone else what, like they, they wouldn't be able to figure it out. I know that for a fact. There's for sure there is – no one knows everything. No one can solve everything, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then there's, there's other factors as well, right? Well, it's a physical sport and safeties. Like, I mean, oh, they'll learn more if they figure it out. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you definitely learn that that's the wrong thing to do if you tear your ACL, mm. you know, like, yeah, that's going to yep. – you'll never forget that lesson because it cost you take, an ACL. Take the example of right? you and Sonny Brown, right, where you learnt through through conceptual jiu-jitsu right? that doing that a, how shit a, a calf crush is. Yeah yeah, 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 you know. Um, so I get that argument that, oh, if I give you the answer, you'll never learn. But, like – that's that's understating the complexity and the safety side of mm-hmm. jujitsu, right? Like, oh, you'll you'll um, you'll you'll sure learn that you need to jump much higher than that when you jump closed guard. Because yeah. uh, see how you broke that guy's knee in half. Yeah. You'll that's definitely a- learn the wrong way to roll out of a heel hook. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> like, and imagine trying to teach a heel hook without teaching a heel hook because you don't teach techniques. All right, guys, you're going to start in this position, 50-50, but you don't call it 50-50 because you don't give you're names to start anything. with their leg over your hip All right, your guys, so you're going to start essentially like you're scissoring <laughs> and then the objective is for you to not lose their knee line and rotate their ankle till they tap, right? I mean, how many ligaments are you going to lose before a, a, yeah. a correctly, safely applied heel hooks? organically manifests itself. That's fucking retarded, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's just, again, if I go back to what I said at the start, and by start I mean minute 20 of this episode, <laughs> right? I said ecological teaching is essentially just specific training. We, yep. or, we already do it, right? Yep. Like, so, But ecological teaching as in we don't teach technique and the, like it's just stupid. There are, there are a million yep. more cons to it than there are pros. I think that – and the pros are good pros, right? The yeah. pros for that approach are good, right? But the, the cons are just far too many. If we could summarize it and say this is this is like – I think we have a, the same stance. 
like, well, I have your stance. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, better. Yeah, you better. Uh, you want that stripe, boy. <laughs> anyway, so I think if we were to summarize it, we would say that ecological teaching concepts have uh, a place in jujitsu. You could argue, like we've already pointed out, that they've been done for years in the form of specific training, but you could even take it a step further and do specific games, specific concepts, whatever. It has a place, it has value. However, to do it in isolation is a mistake. There's a reason that the best guys in the world, the best coaches in the world, do not do this in isolation. That's it's right. because yeah. it is not the most effective way. It is a very valuable tool, but to do it in isolation seems more like a gimmick and a trend to, for marketing purposes to, to whatever than it is for actually benefit the student the most. Yeah, that's that's what I believe. And I mean I've listened I I've listened to guys talk about it. Yeah. And they're yeah, they're explaining their teaching approach to other black belt instructors who after an hour the other instructor's still like, what? Yeah. Like I mean, it it yeah, like like I said, I I personally would lose an argument with these people. So I'm not good at debating and the people I've listened to talk about this are like Excellent I said, speakers. super yeah. yeah, great very speakers, intelligent. very intelligent, very yeah. articulate, and Which, I would lose that conversation. But like I said, every you know, no questions would just be answered with. Like, I would be more confused. Coming like it just doesn't make any sense. But do you think it's because these people are so, you know, they're they're very well read, they're well researched, they understand what they're talking about in terms of ecological teaching. They've read the papers, they've read the book, they've blah blah blah, right? They've even adopted it in their own schools, but there may be. You could say that for them, maybe that is the best way to, to learn for them for, as individuals, but to apply that to the general population, to the everyday person, to someone that walks in Well, then the that's street. also just the sign of a bad coach, right? Yeah. I mean, every everyone, I forget what are there's like the four or three ways of learning. I mean, yeah, I that is a little, a, bit coach, of a, a little bit you, of a myth, but, but yes. you know, right, like some people are more – you know, prefer to yep. lead. Tactile learners, visual yeah, learners, right. auditory learners. But, you know, either way, people learn differently, yes. in you know, in slightly different ways. So, uh, you know, I try to, as a coach, cater to each individual student mm -hmm. that suits their needs the best. Mm -hmm. So, which isn't necessarily the way that works the best for me, right? Yeah. I try to do it the way that works the best for them. So this, like vague stripping it back to its bare bones. Like it's not like it's become some like over, I mean like jujitsu is very complicated, but it hasn't, it's not like it's become over complicated and there's all this mess that doesn't need to be there. If you mm. just understand X, Y, Z, no man, it's like you need, you need to understand X, Y, Z. You need to understand the mechanics both. and the concepts, but yeah. Yeah. Like you, you, like you said with the yeah. leg weave pass, you were like, well, if I understand like these tiny little details mm. against someone my level that can make or break the technique not working exactly you know or working depending on whether you're attacking or defending or exactly. whatever and you know so this this vague approach and and ripping just back figure it out. Rip, yeah. yeah just figure it out obviously you know? they would counter yeah but and i can almost sense someone screaming through their like, uh, you know, headphones right now, like yelling at us. Yeah, but the the coach is there to guide the 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 concept, so they figure it out. But the coach is there to point them in the right direction. And I've heard this argument being made. Like, take for example, if you you have a game where the objective is to armbar or whatever the fuck. How long do I have to guide you until I'm essentially just teaching you how yeah. to do it? Yeah, you are. 
yeah. right? I mean, like, you know, I'm going to be forever guiding you and the, and the guidance will just become more focused and focused and focused, which is essentially what? Getting to like finer and finer point details. I may as well just teach you the fucking technique. Yeah. It's right? reverse engineering the, our, our original uh, method, right? It, I mean, it just doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense. I'd love to hear if people are are listening, being like, "You got something wrong, or whatever." Yeah, yeah, but it's. I just think for you can you can give me your ten positive counter arguments, and I'm going to have a hundred rebuttals because it's it's just as a sole teaching practice has has no place in my opinion, and and um, but as a tool, but as yeah, to be as a, used as a as well, with, I mean, tool, all yeah. good gyms already do it, bro. It's yeah. specific training. Stop yep. just, uh, you know, it's no different to me, you know, it being a pet peeve of me, mine of someone, you know, being like, oh, tarantula guard, it's fucking spider guard, bro. You just change one grip, mm. like I mean, you know, renaming all these things just for for clickbait and for money and mm. whatever. It's just fucking stupid, bro. I, yeah. You know, and I feel like that's what this is. There's going to be people. You know what? They'll be just inst- a hater. They'll be just inst- a hater out of. I mean, I'm, I'm looking guard. forward to that instructional that comes out about ecological teaching for jujitsu. That I, is just going. What on I would like to know. Vague games and. Now this is not going to like automatically, you know, cancel out what these people are saying because there's not just one. There's a few people that have taken this up and run with it. If they do have products that they're selling around this concept, if hypothetical, I'm, I don't say, I'm not saying they are, I, I don't know. I'm not well enough read in this. I haven't done my homework, but say for example, if these guys did have a course they were selling, I would be not automatically dismissing what they're saying, but being aware of that. You need to be aware of that when you're listening to their, their arguments. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, if, if obviously, I mean, I guess that goes with anything though, doesn't it? Yeah. If some, if someone has any sort of financial uh, interest in mm. their agenda in their information. But then yeah. I'm thinking about it as well. I put out a lot of free information on strength and conditioning, mobility, nutrition, all that sort of stuff. And I do sell products associated with that. Yeah. And so I was trying to put myself through that filter. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, if I'm telling people, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to say like, don't listen to people that are selling you something. Um, but whenever you're listening to my advice, you should be aware that I also sell, but I'm not getting money from the advice. I don't know. I'm, Talking myself into circles now. <laughs> I'm like trying to try not to shoot myself in the dick, yeah, but, but I kind of am. Yeah, but you're also not selling a controversial reinventing the wheel like nah, product. No. You, you know. Yeah, you're right. So I'm you're, not. You're also not there being like you know buy this supplement and it's going to improve your jujitsu. Yeah, the jujitsu supplement. You know, it has yeah. creatine in it. Yeah. Well, Buy it. It'll make you good at jujitsu. Yeah. I should start that. You know, or, or it's not like you're there being like, you know, you've been, you've been lifting wrong your whole life. You're supposed to lift until you feel your shoulder dislocate, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. or whatever, um, yep. you know, or yeah. yeah I, find get, it frustrates. I, yeah. I think it's just, I'm look, man, I'm all for people wanting to, if they are selling products, I don't know if there are instructionals on this teaching method or whatever. Yeah, I kind of rabbit hole a bit. But, you know, I'm all for people making money, making money yep. and whatever. But it's and you know, give, providing value because it's not keep some just fucking about. Get some morals, bro. Yeah, get some ethics up in you and <laughs> get, get some get some of them ethics up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I find I find it quite frustrating. I mean, I had I had more. I mean, I don't know. I just have so many cons to why this is the the correct the correct way to teach. It just yeah. makes it just doesn't make any sense to me. But 
Well, now you everyone knows what Adam thinks about ecological teaching. But what does Joe Rogan think about? I mean, we're pretty much the same guy. <laughs> you are. So I could say that he would have the same opinion as you. Or maybe you would have the same opinion as him. I don't know what came first, chicken or the egg. Probably the chicken. And Joe Rogan's the chicken. You're the egg. Oh, man, I came out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than coming in his butt. <laughs> Shit. You had to phrase it like that, didn't you? Yeah. Good um, place to edit. Yeah. I don't know, guys. I, I mean, look, I'm, I am very interested if people, maybe people have read Rob Gray's book. Also, remember, it wasn't applied to jujitsu. Yeah, it's just but, sport in general. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, the other thing I'd said to you off air, you know, was talking about chess mm. and I think most people know by now if you're listening to this you know that colloquially in Brazil like or at least around jiu-jitsu is referred to as a physical game of chess mm-hmm. and like it really is or the, the way I explain it to some people I often say it's like playing chess but you can move each other's pieces mm. sort of thing like you know it's, it's physical chess and um, yeah imagine just trying to teach someone chess through games and concepts like you know if i mean you're someone who knows how to play chess right and i'm someone who you could imagine me you take me as the person who all i know is the ways the pieces are allowed to move yep short of like i can't remember the rules in terms of like uh swapping the the castling castling like i can't remember like the exact inset, but anyway, I know the basic. So you know ways. castling, you know ampersand, you know how the pieces move, you know what's a legal move, etc. Yeah, you know you all know, that. Work, you know, no like checkmate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know essentially the the first five things you read in the rule book of chess, right? But yeah. that's it. Could you take me from where I am today and make me a better chess player by just teaching me some fundamental games and stuff of like controlling the board and forking yeah. and things like that? Yeah, yes, definitely. of definitely. course, but. Like at what point would I plateau and hit a wall when it's like, no, man, you need to learn the – you need to actually learn and memorize – Openings. Openings and – Probably like 1,500. All these sort of things because if you don't like – if you don't memorize these step-by-step details – like you're just going to get creamed by the people who do know these. I'd say fifteen hundred Elo. You could probably well, get to dial it back yeah, to the. Yeah. Pi- so I'm the I'd dude say, who only knows what the pieces do. I'd say the equivalent of like maybe blue belt, right? Before I need to actually start learning, you get to specific a specific high level blue belt, low level, like high to high level blue belt, mid level purple belt level. And then you need to learn long. intricate, like then you need then hundred step movements because uh, yeah, at or least whatever, 20, up to twenty, know? up to twenty. But yes, yes, you need to then memorize openings, opening traps, etc. So conceptual chess will get you a long way, um, but not really. You need you need opening theory. And I mean, jujitsu is like that, but physical. Right? FYI, like, I mean, my my highest rating is eleven hundred, so I'm not even up to fifteen hundred yet. So I'm like a white belt. You're fucking dog shit, bro. Yeah, but that funnily <laughs> enough, that's how that's how they taught. That's how. So there's two chess engines, the two best chess engines in the world, Stockfish and Alpha Zero. You've probably heard of Alpha Zero. And AlphaGo, because that's the revolutionary AI. Okay, well, that's the big AI that is really, really good at chess. The best AI out of the two is AlphaZero. The way, the reason that it's better than Stockfish, because the way they made Stockfish is they input a library of openings and games, uh, taught the engine the games, the the past history of chess, like every single game ever or whatever, and then got it to use um, AI learning to figure out the rest. Mm -hmm. But it had a base. However, what they did with Alpha Zero is they didn't do that at all. They just 
like you said, gave the engine the rules. So it knew how the pieces moved and knew all the rules like checkmate, et cetera. It knew the objective. And then they just let it play like millions and millions and millions of games against itself until it figured it out. And lo and behold, what en- who ended up winning, spoiler alert, Alpha Zero beat Stockfish. Which was essentially the conceptual learning. One, exactly. Right? Yeah. But so that sounds like it's arguing for but e- equal. Yeah, but you can't. It figured you, out. It figured out all the openings itself. It figured yeah. out the best opens, openings in the world and the best responses to the openings that humans figured out like 100 years before. It already figured them out, most of them anyway, um, by itself. But yeah, how? I'll like tell you how. Millions because, of games yeah, that's over, right. Because it could, yep. because within the course of, you know, like within, within the course of three months, yep. that, that chess engine was able to play what would take you 20 million lifetimes exactly. of games to exactly. play. Like you don't, you as a human being, you cannot do that. You, you can't learn no. the same way an AI learns. No. Like, cause you, like you, you so like, the, the you argument put, is you ridiculous. Put a, you put it brilliantly. You would have to live a million lifetimes. Yeah. Right. And to, you'd have to, to play. You'd have out. to play chess eighteen hours a day, seven days a week. You yeah, know, non-stop. like that's all you'd have to do. Yeah. And you'd have to, yeah, live to a hundred a million times over. Yeah. And then you're up to where the AI was after three months. Exactly. You know, it's the same way. Like there was a, you know, Dota two, right? Like mm-hmm. I think it was Elon Musk's AI. You know, beat one of the best Dota two players mm. at mid. I'm getting a bit off topic. I don't yeah. want to go into how this video game works, but video long game, story short, you know, one, a human player versus a video game player and the, the AI won, but it's because AI can yeah, do what humans can't in exactly. terms of multiple. Yeah. And like, if you don't know what Dota 2 is, it's a shittier version of League of Legends. So just. Well, uh, League, <laughs> League, yeah. Uh, League, yeah. Hang on. For any video game players out there, let's say League of Legends, well, Dota 2 would be like, you know, Warzone and League of Legends would be like Fortnite. That's very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is, is. I was going to rebuttal, but you're like, nah, he's, got me. He's, he's got a fucking good point. Yeah. He's got a really good point. Anyway. Anyway, guys, look, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. I, honestly, if people do have rebuttals or maybe it's how your gym teaches mm. or just thoughts you'd like to share. Or man, challenges. Or challenges, right? Um, I mean, Heads, spoiler alert, we get the last word. So, I mean, <laughs> no, no, but honestly, I would love to hear if, yeah. if people, you know, think we're wrong or what you think about this, if you've experienced it, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And you to know, do so, submit a question. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Link tree in our Instagram as well as in the description yep. and everything, right? You can submit the audio question um, or message us on Instagram, whatever. Mm-hmm. Be interested, interested to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Guys, next week, hopefully we have an episode we had planned today that we had to put on the back burner. Hopefully we get to record that one next week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you'll know. You'll know, next <laughs> you'll, week. you'll know next week. Or you won't know. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, that's right. You probably will never know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode 131, 20-minute rant followed by ecological teaching. We will catch you next time. 